In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you this morning. As Nancy mentioned in her newsletter this weekend, this is my last Sunday with you at Trinity. I came to this congregation last September in my final internship prior to ordination, and it's been an amazing experience. And in ways perhaps that none of us ever could have predicted, who would have imagined in September that by April I would be learning choral evensong so that I could help lead the service every Monday night from my home study by way of Zoom. But here we are. And through the twists and turns of this year, you all have been so warm and welcoming, so dedicated to my formation, my preparation. You know, this parish has a gift for raising up priests. And I am so grateful to Nancy for picking up the phone and entertaining my idea when I called her 15 months ago, suggesting that maybe I would spend this year with you here at Trinity. I am grateful to all of the staff and to to the vestry. And I'm grateful to each of you for inviting me to live and learn with you for this time. Thank you. And thank you, Nancy, for inviting me to preach on this last day here. So I have a chance to say goodbye to all of you and to share one last word before I move on to my new calling. I've been called as the curate for family ministry at All Saints Church in Brookline, just down the road from our house. I'll be starting there in July. So on this Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church, I thank you, all of you, for the part you've played in helping prepare me for this new beginning in my life. Thank you. So, Pentecost. You know, some things are easier to experience in our bodies than they are to describe with words. Years ago, I caught a snippet of an interview on the radio when I was driving one day. There was a a music critic who had just published a book who was being interviewed, and in a self-deprecating way about the, the difficulty of trying to accomplish what he had chosen as a profession as a music critic, he offered this quote, Writing about music is like dancing about architecture. It's impossible to capture some things in words. This quote comes to mind when I'm called on to reduce God to words, especially on days like Pentecost. Some things are easier to experience in our bodies with our whole selves. A few days ago, I took a break during lunch. It's one of the... uh, side benefits of working from home. I didn't go outside to think about um, the birthday of the church or the gifting of the Holy Spirit to the followers of the risen Christ. I just went outside to clear my head after a morning at the computer, anticipating more of the same in the afternoon. Lying in the hammock in our backyard, looking up from underneath at the huge maple tree above me, the wind blowing gently, through the leaves, the different trees seeming almost to talk to each other as eddies of wind formed, blowing one set of branches first and then a few moments later, another set of branches. They seemed almost in conversation and carried on the breeze the scent of what were probably lilacs from behind the fence at my back, but what to my senses transported me back to 
the honeysuckle of my childhood that grew in the chain link fences around the fields where we played. In this brief break from my day, I was taken out of myself. And as I lay there, I was reminded of the deep, multi-layered connection among the living things just in my backyard. The networks of roots and chemical signals that are carried through tendrils in the soil and on the breeze. The trees and other plants and underground creatures in symbiotic relationship functioning as a system, as a whole, and all of this unseen by our eyes. And in these moments of my awareness, the network of relationships among the living things in my backyard became for me a metaphor for the Holy Spirit among us, connecting us to each other and to the created world in ways visible and invisible, near and far across time. I wish you could have been there with me to feel it in your body, because my words alone can't convey the fullness. But here we are, working in the medium of a sermon. The authors of our text today also had to rely on words. The author of John, the author of Acts, each came up with a different image, with a different way of conveying their experience of God. For John, the Spirit of God arrives almost in a gentle way. The disciples are closed up in a locked room. They hunker in fear. Silently, we're told, Jesus came and stood among them. He wished them peace. And then he breathed on them. For many of us, this breath may call to mind the creation story in Genesis, the creator God, the source of all being, gently breathing life into humanity and all living creatures. The author of John leaves us with a gentle, loving, abiding sense of God's spirit among us. The author of Luke and Acts offers a different experience of God's spirit, vibrant, alive, crackling with energy. We hear words like suddenly, and the arrival of the spirit is likened to the rush of a violent wind filling an entire house. Her arrival is like tongues of fire. And while John may bring images of Genesis, Acts explicitly invokes the prophet Joel. Joel's imagery, the imagery adopted in Acts, is associated with the dry desert winds that fill the summer, that, that fill the air with dust and signal the shifting of seasons between the dry season of summer and the rains of the winter season in the Near East, marking violently a transition, a new beginning. Though using different language, evoking different images of God, each of our authors promises a new way of being with God, a new beginning. So how are we experiencing the breath of God now? How are we being invited to experience God? Three months ago, if you had asked me what gospel I would be writing this week, I probably would have imagined an Acts-like version of God's spirit, the gust of strong wind, the presence of many people, the hubbub of different voices speaking in different languages, yet somehow all being united as one. 
As I move toward ordination as a deacon later this week, these images capture the experiences, the, the, the experience of what an ordination is typically like, even down to the liturgical color of red, signaling the fiery, enlivening presence of God's Spirit. Instead, though, these days my experience of God is more like John, lying in the hammock, feeling the gentle breeze blow over and around me, sensing the connectedness among all life, and feeling carried along as part of something much, much bigger than just myself. Like most of us these days, I would venture to guess, if I were writing a gospel today, my good word might be more like John's image of the quiet, gentle presence of God. Breath, invitation to notice, invitation to be aware and awake and open to new things. What new things are we being invited into today? I pray that God's Spirit will be with us as we all move into new ways of being church with each other in these days. Amen.